It's election time in the U.S., and that's got me thinking about what if, just think about this for a second, what if we didn't only hold elections to decide who we want to lead our government, but what if we had elections to decide who would lead our companies, our organizations? Would you win? Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. This episode of the Culture Hacks Podcast is sponsored by Lead in 30. Leading others is hard. Learn how to create clarity, alignment, and movement at leadin30.com. I used to be the biggest political junkie. In fact, I even thought about majoring in political science in college or minoring in it because I was such a diehard political, like just into politics so much. And I'm that that's part of what drove me to get in the media business, too. And for years, I got to lead those of you that know my background and the, the, the more than 15 years I spent in the media business. You know that I oversaw uh, news talk and political talk stations as well as sports talk and news outlets and all that. But I mean, I was in a new into into politics big time and actually into news, too. And I'm into neither now. Like I can't stand the political process. I cannot stand the political debate in uh, in the world and in the U.S. anymore. It is just too well. It's, you know what it is. I I and I I I will vote. At, it's the at the time I'm recording this. We're just uh, we're coming up on the election day. Some of you will listen to this afterwards, but there's always a campaign going, and so you'll understand and be able to relate to this. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll cast a ballot and I'll I'll make the best decision. These days, it sure seems like I'm voting for the lesser of two evils. Like I I'm I'm not passionate about hardly anybody I vote for anymore. It's like no, I think that person would actually screw up our our country or our state or our city or our school district or whatever more than that person. So I'll vote for them. But um, so I used to be into politics big time, not into it anymore. But as we're in this political season, it got me thinking about what if we had the same process in our companies and organizations that we have in our political process in government? And I want to share with you several observations, several thoughts about this, because I'm having a little fun with it. But actually, at a serious level, this is this is something I think we need to think about. Okay, so I'll get into it in just a moment. Welcome into the Culture Hacks podcast. This is episode 260, 260. I'm Russ Hill, and I make my living coaching and consulting senior executive teams of some of the world's largest companies. I love doing it. Love working in the leadership lab and uh, and sharing with you insights, observations, best practices, and uh, lessons I'm learning in that environment here in the podcast. You can find out more about what our firm does at LoneRockConsulting.com. Okay, so in these episodes, I try to I try to emphasize or lean into three different categories. The, this show really is for this this podcast is really for people who are interested in in uh, growing leading and creating. So if you're not yet the person you want to become, you're trying to grow, learn, become better. You're in the right place. If you're trying to strengthen your ability to lead others, you're in the right place. And if you have this desire, this need to create, 
And whatever that looks like for you, you're in the right place. That's, those are the three areas of emphasis every single episode. So in this one, you know, you got all the campaign signs around. You got lots of noise, all these polls, the media going crazy. Some of you are diehard political junkies and you, you're, you're very passionate about the political party that you're a member of and that you believe in. And you think the other side is the devil in flesh. And others of you, like, you're not even going to vote. You could care less. Maybe you've never voted in your life and you're apathetic about the whole thing. So I know we've got people across the whole spectrum and there are people who are listening to this podcast in parts of the world where you, you dream about being able to cast a ballot, but you don't live in a country where the government allows you to vote. And so you probably listen to us talk about the political process here in the U S and in the free and, and democratic governments and countries of the world. And, and you, you listen with a unique perspective and uh, I, I'm absolutely respectful of that. So as the process, as the political process heats up and as it climaxes here this year um, in the next few days, I'm thinking about what if we had term limits? <laughs> Think about the, the position you're in right now, whether you own the company or you're a vice president or director at a large corporation or you're a frontline supervisor, you're, you, just, you just barely got into management or you're leading a team. The uh, whatever it might look like, think if you had a term limit and every two years or four years or whatever it might be, you had to run for reelection. Like, that's interesting to think about, right? Like, would you win in a landslide or do you have like no chance like the team that it, that that you lead, whether that's three people or three thousand people or thirty thousand people, would they throw you out of office? You would get destroyed. And if somebody was running against you, like you had an opponent that was running to unseat you as the, as the incumbent, what would they campaign on? So, so yeah, let me break this down. Let me have you think about this. Cause I just, I think it's really valuable to think about this because this affects engagement, like how engaged your employees are. It affects accountability, how much ownership and accountability your team is taking on the things you need them to get done. It affects retention employee retention people so often especially in this market where it's so competitive for talent people think oh we're losing people because of that policy or that thing or because of some other company or they're getting sweeter offers or the the intensity of recruiters right now that it has a little bit to do with it but the fact is people leave companies because the leader because the culture that you're enabling, you're creating, that you have more of an impact on than anyone else. I don't care if you're in a 10-person company or a 10-million-person company, although I don't think any exist. So wh- whether, whether you're in a small or large company, a big or small team, doesn't matter. The person who's having the biggest impact on the culture and the employee experience is you. The people that you're hiring the people that, that the behavior you're tolerating, the behavior that you're enabling, the, the, all of that, no one has more of an impact on uh, the, than the leader. And so as you think about that and you think, okay, well, if I were to run for reelection, what would I campaign on? What would I say are my biggest accomplishments in my most recent term? And let's call it, let's just for sake of argument, let's make it one year. Like, what have you done at the time I'm recording this in 2022 that you would put on the campaign sign? This is what I did. This is what I'm uniquely qualified to do. 
This is what I've accomplished. This is how I'm positively impacting the lives and careers of you on my team in this organization. What would be on the sign? Like, I want you to think about that. How are you? What are you doing that you are uniquely qualified to do? If we hired somebody else or we voted for your opponent, they wouldn't be able to do it as well as you do it. What is it? It's interesting to think about. And then what would your opponent, let's say the opponent, somebody who's one of your direct reports or a colleague leading another team or another department, what would they, what would they pick as your most like most likely weaknesses that they could campaign and t- say to the team? Yeah, y- this is why you need to throw that bum out. Cause I would do this better than they're doing it. You know what the list is. We all do. I know the things that I'm doing right now that are not helping our organization as much as I could be, right? I need to be better at this. I need to lean more into that. I need to stop doing this. I know what it is for me and you know what it is for you. Like you could gain a little bit of additional insight with employee engagement surveys or one-on-ones or taking some employees to lunch, but you've got, you've got some indication. And if you don't, Oh man, we got a whole, like I got, I need to do like a three hour long episode for you because your radar is off my radar. When I was early in management and leadership, I didn't have a radar. My, in fact, the only thing that I was gauging my success on was I delivering results and I was nailing that we were crushing it as a team. What my radar wasn't picking up and that the employee engagement survey that our company started to do what it picked up was your people, Russ, don't like you. (laughs) Like, I can laugh about it now, but it was humiliating, frustrating, embarrassing, um, so demoralizing to discover that. But the reality is, why did it take, why did it take an employee engagement survey to discover that? And I I made a commitment at the time, you all, when when I had that experience and I was ready, many of you know this story, I tell it often. It's foundational to my career and, and my decision to become a student of leadership. And, um, and, and you, you know that I was rated at the time. This is a fact. I was rated the leader in our national company with the most toxic culture. No leader got lower scores on an engagement survey in any part of our company all over the U.S. than me. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got that distinction that I'll I'll carry forever. So then I had to come to the realization of oh crud, never again. I can't ever be surprised like this again on an employee engagement survey. How did I not know that? Like I was totally blindsided by it. I knew I was making my people a little uncomfortable. I was driving them and I was I was pushing what I thought was a fairly lazy team to actually get to work and start doing things that they weren't doing. And I was holding them accountable. I, I knew there was a little bit of discomfort by that, but I didn't know they hated me. Like they thought I was not effective. And so at that, that it took that as a slap across my face to wake me up and go, okay. How are you going to change that? So if an election were held, if an election, and and this is one of the points I wanted to make, an employee engagement survey is an election. It is a ballot. It's a poll. And so often in organizations, we read it 
as a poll or an indication. Well, a couple different things happen. In many organizations, an employee engagement survey is worthless. Why? Because we do it once a year or once every two years. And then it takes like three weeks, four weeks a month to get the results. Well, my people might not feel the same way today that they did a week ago, like, like four weeks ago. Things are constantly changing. So thankfully, a lot of organizations are going to these poll surveys where we just ask three or four questions and we do it monthly or quarterly. We do it frequently. We're checking in and you don't, but you don't need, well, let me finish the thought on that. The, the, that, that poll survey, that engagement was, um, that helps you, um, know, would they reelect me? And it's a reflection of those scores are an absolute reflection a, a, a representation of leadership. Yeah, it has to, it has to do with policies. It has to do with a lot of different things, but we, as the leaders are implementing those policies. And some of those things are out of our control. Like if you're in a big corporation you go, well, I don't affect the benefits or the compensation or whatever else. I, this is all I control. Well, so yeah, there are things that are out of control, but there are a lot of things within your control. And if you've got low employee engagement survey results, that's a reflection of you. That's the ballot by your employees about how well, how good of a job you're doing leading them. So employee engagement surveys are, are a good um, barometer. And then you just need to have your own radar. Like you ought to be able to answer the question, what I win by a landslide or, or not right now. And what do I need to be doing? It's not a popularity contest. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting to you that an election, that your job as a leader is to go out and be popular. No. That's not what most people vote would vote for what they would vote for. And the data backs us up on this. And I've just got way too much experience to not have confidence on this. I'm absolutely confident about the fact that what leaders, what, what employees are looking for is, do you have focus, direction, vision? Are you speaking to purpose? Do you motivate the team around that? Do they know where you're leading us? We, we, this is what we teach. In lead in 30, we built the whole thing around this three topics, three core competencies that leaders who consistently would win reelection do. They provide clarity. They create clarity, vision, purpose, destination. They motivate people around it. They're constantly speaking to it. They embody it. You can't go a day, a week in this person on this person's team and not hear them talking about it. And somehow they frame all of the challenges and everything we're up against in a way that's motivating rather than exhausting. We were on a call with a leader today where I was asking the leader at the end of the call, I said, you know, if we were to ask your team right now, are you, cause they're, they're building a new business and they're going, I mean, they got all kinds of challenges and hurdles and obstacles because they're innovating. They're creating something new. And my question was, are you framing that up to the team in a way that is motivating or exhausting? Like, what would they describe your mood, your persona as in the way you talk about it? And yes, there are moments you need to vent and let loose and acknowledge the challenges, but you can do that. You can talk about the challenges we're up against in a way that's motivated. You know what I'm talking about. You know, leaders like that. So we create clarity that helps us get reelected. That helps a team be engaged. Think that we are an extremely valuable leader. The second thing we do is we build alignment. So we, we know how to bring people along. We don't just roll things out and make people aware of it and then expect them to stand and salute. They have a voice. They feel heard. 
They're involved. We're checking in. They, we, Yes, we're the decision maker as the leader, or we're delegating key decisions to others, but we're accountable for those decisions, the direction that the team or department or organization is going in. But our team feels like, yeah, they don't, they, they create alignment. They, 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 they help me feel heard in that process. And then the last thing they do is they manage the culture. They generate movement. They manage the culture. They, they know what beliefs we're up against or the, 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 the obstacles that are developing in our narrative, meaning fear of speaking up, silos in the organization, not being responsive enough to the customer, whatever those, those narratives are that are developing, that are getting in the way, slowing us down. You as a leader, you're generating movement. You're overcoming and shifting those things. So those are the leaders we would reelect. The ones that have vision, create alignment, and they're managing the culture actively. Would you agree with that? I mean, that that's the reality. How do you challenge that? And so the reality is people do have ballots. And the way that they cast them is on engagement surveys. Their level of accountability and ownership of what we need them to do. Are they apathetic about it? Are they, are we getting a lot of productivity out of them? Are they fully engaged in it? Are they, are they owning it? Or are they just kind of clocking in and clocking out? That is how they're casting their ballot, the way that they show up. And then the last area is retention. Retention is the biggest indicator of um, whether or not you would be reelected. People quit leaders. And I, I, if you think about your career, if you've, if you've left organizations or teams, most likely you can point to leaders that you quit. I can. There have been a couple of, of occasions when it was more about the opportunity. So I was leaning more into the opportunity that was coming my way than I was leaving the situation I was in. Does that make sense? But those have been less often than me deciding and your situation might be different. But for me, most of the changes I've made in my career, not all of them, but 80% of them have been me quitting, firing, voting against casting a ballot against the incumbent. Not I'm, I'm just that leader is somebody I can't work for. I don't want, sometimes it was just a strong, like, man, I can't be here anymore. This leader is Wow, I, I, I cannot I cannot thrive in this environment. I've got to fire this leader. And the way I do that is I leave. Um, other times it's just been not so passionate. It's not that bad. It's just been, I think I've kind of maxed out my growth here. I feel like I've gotten what I need out of that leader and they don't have a lot more to offer me. They're, they're not growing with the marketer. They're, they're not really leaning into, their growth curve is fairly flat and my growth curve is steep. And I've kind of surpassed what they can teach me. Does that make sense? I say that with all humility. You know what I'm talking about. And so the, that, that is, that is the, the most, um, the loudest ballot we can cast is I'm out of here. And, um, and so I just wanted you to think about that. During this election season in the U.S., I want you thinking about what, what would you campaign on? What would an opponent, somebody, somebody running against you, what would be their campaign theme saying, hey, I'll do this better? It's great. It's very important for us to have awareness of that. And then what are your indicators right now? What's your radar? What, what are the, what are the indicators showing about whether or not you would win reelection? Look at engagement scores, look at retention, look at levels of apathy versus involvement, work ethic, all of that. These are, those are the indicators of kind of your polls, if you will, 
showing you know how you're doing as a leader and how your team's feeling. So those are those are my thoughts during this election season as it pertains to what we're all doing, trying to lead organizations. So hopefully that's helpful. And my my challenge to you is to think about those things and then make the needed adjustments. Make the needed adjustments so that your team feels like, man, one of the reasons I work here, one of the reasons I really don't want to leave is because of her, because of him, the way that they're leading. We would win in a landslide, not popularity so much as just loyalty to what we're asking people to do. Because most of the leaders who I have great respect for, they, they made me uncomfortable. They saw my potential and pushed me to achieve it. They put hard tasks in front of me. They gave me massive things to work on. They, they stretched me and, and grew my capacity in a way I never thought possible. And I look upon that with tremendous respect. People want that. They want to grow and they really respect leaders who help them do it or create an environment, an organization where they are growing. They, they're better this year than they were last year. So that's what's on my mind. Hope that's helpful. And I, uh, if you find value in this episode and you aren't subscribed to the podcast, just tap on that follow plus sign, whatever it is in the app you're listening to this in right now, and you'll get two new episodes delivered to your phone every week. All right, that's it for this episode of the Culture Hacks podcast. Who do you know that could benefit from listening to this episode? Tap on the share button and text the link to a friend or colleague or write a post on LinkedIn and tag Russ. Thanks for listening to the Culture Hacks podcast with Russ Hill.